Oh, and we're back live again. Almost dropped the camera on my face. However, it was fixed. I saved it and we're good to go. Back for another Sunday episode of Ask Someone Else. As always, we're going to have a special guest and I'm very excited. This is somebody that I haven't actually get, got to speak to in person yet, but I'm very excited to speak to. Now, let me just invite them. So, whilst we wait for them to join <coughs> and actually let us talk properly, because clearly I've been enjoying a very relaxing Sunday, um, just remind you of what today's all about. So... Uh, ask someone else Sundays. Effectively, what we do is we get to talk to a different industry expert, somebody in the property field, about their experience. Charlotte, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. You've frozen for a second, but hopefully, we, yeah, I think we can see you now. That better. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So I was saying, um, I was very excited to have you on. We're actually, ironically, we're going to be meeting up on the 9th of December, right? Uh, yeah, at Tej's um, property event in London, yeah. I know, so this is, is that your first one speaking? Uh, it is actually, yeah. <laughs> Are you excited? <laughs> I think so. I think you're going to lead it, aren't you? You just do most of the talking and I'll I, spill it. I don't know. I think, to be fair, it doesn't matter how many guests Tej has got, somehow he manages to always do the most of the talking, so we'll be fine. Yeah, he's good at it though, isn't he? So we've got to he, give him that. He is, he is indeed. Um, so, for those that don't know you, could we get a little introduction about yourself? Okay, yeah. Hi, I'm Charlotte and I am um accidental female developer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I... Do you want me to just go straight into it? I think, do you know what? I think, because normally you're right, I do do a lot of talking, but when I first, I think I first came across you on one of your reels, and I was like, this reel's great. Like, it's a, I think I messaged you, and I was like, that's amazing. But then yeah, when you did. actually told me your story, I was like, that's, you know, the, the, the story, that everything that's happened and what, you, what you've kind of overcome and what, what, you've, what you've turned around um, is so amazing. I think I'd just like to hear it from you. Okay, um, I'm getting used, kind of used to telling this story now. When I first used to tell it, I used to have a bit of a lump in my throat, but now, like, the more I talk about it, there's kind of more, the easier it, it comes out. But, um, so, two years ago now, I um, lost my brother and my dad, um, both with cancer. Both were really young, fit, healthy, and it just came out of nowhere. Um, my brother was 28 and my dad was 68 and, and they both died within a few months of each other. Different types of cancer but you know it took them both down and um, they, um, they ran a family business, property development business and um, they just bought this field with planning permission for 25 units um, and yeah before they died and so kind of me and my mum were left with this field. There was bank finance right against it. Um, I think well, Brexit had happened and then COVID was just about to happen. So I had to learn how to build houses like pretty quickly. 
Mm. Um, and that's I was a, I used to be a I was a marketing manager before that. So um, yeah, that's how I stumbled into property development. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you know for, for for most people like the you know obviously firstly you know to start off with I think everybody would offer you their condolences because that's you know, something to deal with, like, in such a short space of time with everything else going on in the world. And, and for you, I think what what's most admirable is that a lot of people would have just said, do you know what, like, there's too much going on. Um, and let me maybe just, just walk away from the property. Let me just, just, just kind of just get my head down, focus on, on other things. But I think the fact that you actually still said, you know what, this is something they've started. Um, and you wanted to then take up the reins to go ahead and, and, and see it through. I think that's amazing. I mean, at any point, did you did you consider setting up? Like, was did, did that ever cross your mind? Um, it did cross my mind, yeah. Um, but it was it was a difficult. Because I think because Brexit and then like the housing market wasn't like it is now. Like, mm. you know, it wasn't like things weren't selling as quickly and. Um, because then COVID struck pretty soon afterwards, like within a couple of months of, of them passing away. Um, people were like, the sites were shutting down, like people yeah. were down, like things, people weren't out looking for like new land or new sites or, so it was kind of like, I think we're going to have to build this one out because again, like the bank were in touch going, is everything okay? Like yeah. you repayments and, like yeah 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 fine everything's fine we'll we'll carry on and so yeah, I guess and I guess because I, I was in marketing as well and those places the places that I was working in started shutting down like because they were office environments everyone was going to work from home and I enjoyed as well so I was thinking well it looks like I'm going to be out of work anyway so may as well like give this a go um also, when you're grieving, I think, it gives you something to focus on. Like, mm. my mum would say that as well, bless her. My mum's, like, come out of retirement to, like, go straight into full-time work. And she's been, like, working so hard with me, like, getting all this done. And it gives you something to focus on once you, when you're grieving. And, you know, it's, yeah. Well, again, yeah, just, ha I mean, every, everybody in here would agree that, like, that as, you know, whilst, let alone, like, the grieving side like as a first project 25 anything let alone 25 new builds let alone dealing with it during brexit and covid and prices going up for build costs material shortages and even you know even just trying to get into a project that's not necessarily half slide but you didn't have the like you didn't have the time to plan in advance like you sort of no. just had to just take the reins and be like okay i've got to kind of make this plan on the fly so then i guess where did you kind of like start did you have the build team in place already had anything actually started or there was um i think there was a couple of um like pads on the ground basically mm. concrete um i didn't even know what they were called then i was like well, <laughs> you know, what i just even know <laughs> just but basically like the footings had been dug and some concrete had been poured that was it um on a couple of the plots and i think that's like to keep the planning permission live yeah so you have to start so, the works to... that was it yeah, so there was no like site office there was no toilet facilities there was no cat literally just a muddy field 
and actually one of the first visits that we got was from HSC, the health and safety executive. Mm. I don't know if you've been on any of your projects, mm. but like, the last people you want to see when you start. Yeah. Like, everything with a fine tooth comb and then we got a fine because we didn't have the right welfare facilities and uh, and then once they visited you, you're on the radar then. It's like, it's like day one of like starting a business and then HMRC coming out and saying, right, you've got an audit. <laughs> And you're like, I don't even know what you're auditing at this point. <laughs> That's, I, I just thought, I, I just don't, and I didn't have the like, the guts to say to them, look, this is what's happened. I've literally, this is my first day on the site. I've never, mm. I was just like playing along going, oh yeah, okay, then I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll sort that out. Mm. Yeah, definitely going on here. Just <laughs> playing along. <laughs> just think like, if you actually told them the truth. Yeah, and you don't, and you, you sort of never know which way it would have gone if you told them the truth. If they would have been more amenable to say, okay, you know, we're going to give you some time, or if they would have been kind of like panic stations, like, well, we don't know what else is going to be wrong now, and they could have even been sort of more. Yeah, you know. so I about that. I ended up going and doing a like a health and safety course, like a five day in <laughs> course, and like got that over with so like now my health and safety is absolutely on point like all the paperwork's done everything so they've been back five five times they visited wow. in like so they, they like you <laughs> i mean you just you can just take that as you know they must they must like you um i got this new thing on oh thank you Gold, goldman blacks we have badges now so people can donate if they're enjoying if they're enjoying the um the the, the, the stream i guess it's called so oh, this, is, this is fun and so thank you very much for that. Um, I, I think with your story, because I even, you know what, I, most people that I speak to, we're just talking general property. Oh, like, where did you start? Like, oh, I had a buy to let. But with you, I'm even sort of, I'm lost a little bit of where to ask questions because there was so much, you know, that you were dealing with at once. And obviously there's the, the you know, the main, like, obvious, you know, things that would be, be the hardest. But I guess, like, you know, I think one thing that you said quickly is that you quickly sort of didn't shy away from problems. So you had a problem with health and safety. And the first thing was, OK, I need to go and get educated. I need to realize how that I can stop this being a problem for the future. And I think that's really good advice, even if you're not building 25 houses, even if you're starting with your first rent to rent HMO, like understanding the compliance from day yeah. one. If you do have an issue, actually looking for a solution as opposed to shying away from it. And I think, I guess, that, that work ethic is something that really helped you sort of see this project through. So after um, Health and Safety turned up, um, what was sort of your, your next steps into, was there any more education that you embarked on yourself? No, do you know what? I tried to. I thought, because I'm like, I'm, I'm a person that's come from traditional education, I went to university and stuff. And I thought, do you know what? There must be a course for this, being a property developer. Yeah. I, a local construction college and like find out like what course I can do and so I spoke to quite a few different groups like different like property groups and and whatever else like official sort of college type ones rather than the Instagram type mm. but and um I, funny they wouldn't let me on because I hadn't got six months experience so you need six months experience to actually do an officially like recognize like a CITB mm. course so that didn't work. So I actually did end up just turning to Instagram then. And actually that's how I came across yourself, people like Ted, and just educated myself via YouTube and Instagram and started reaching out to people. And yeah, I think, I think that is what is amazing about this kind of, this generation that we're currently living in, that 
there's, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of rubbish information out there as well. But if you're willing to take the time and sit for it, there's also so much, so much good information, so many good people that you can network with, that you can sort of bounce ideas off, that can be a sounding board. Because in property, and again, because like, a lot of the people that follow me potentially, you know, are just starting out with their first deal or their first property. And, you know, but even with that, there's so many you know, small issues that sound so personal, like I must be the only person going through this, but having conversations and building a network of people that you can actually talk to, be like, ah, I don't know what to do. And they can be like, oh, I've been through that. Yeah, on Instagram, because at the time as well, like, um, I'm a single mum, so I was at home kind of on my own with two kids. I talked to them about what was going on, too little. And then um, it was lockdown, so you couldn't go out and socialise, you couldn't you couldn't do anything so I was literally just turned to Instagram and started following people and having conversations with people and then as I've got more confident I've started to put more content out as well um but yeah that only was the only way yeah no definitely there I think there, there was definitely during lockdown I think now I'm starting to slowly meet some people that I've been speaking to on Instagram um for sort of the last 12 to 18 months and now that we're coming out of lockdown, there's networking events, it's good to actually see those. But definitely, I think that is some, some A1 advice for anybody that is looking to sort of hone their trade and sort of understand things a little bit more. Just follow the right people, engage with them, um, try and have conversations where you can do. There's, there's things like this. There's um, stuff like Clubhouse where you can just engage with different people that are doing similar things. So we're now 20, is it two years Two years on, or not? What? Yeah, about mm, almost two years. Yeah, I think I started in January. So yeah, two years. So two years on, and again, make sure if you haven't already, go and check out um, the it's accidental female developer. Is that right? Yep. That's right. Yeah, check it out. Um, you can see the progress. The progress looks absolutely amazing. I think. How far have you got now with 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 the project? Um, I think there are, there's one, two, there's only one that's got to come out of the ground. So mm -hmm. all the kind of, of some state of like being up. So mm -hmm. we're nearly there, but probably I'd say about another six months work, mm -hmm. getting all the ground, finishing off, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, it was, it's meant to be a two year project, probably six months longer than what. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, that's just a way of, of building. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Everything's meant to be a something project. And also, I don't know if you found this, but at the beginning, did you find everything sort of se seemed to be flying for a little while to the point where you thought, oh, I'm going to finish this even quicker? Or how did you find it at the beginning? I always feel like that. But every time you come to the house, it's always a last minute rush. Mm. Like people like silicon in the doorways or they're carrying their sofa over the, the door. Do you know what I mean? Like just yeah. finishing still wet and you're thinking oh, I don't need to get to that wall yeah. <laughs> I think that there's always because we always want to finish as quickly as possible whether it's because of finance costs whether it's because we've got something else we want to buy something else we're looking at or other pressures um, that we're always sort of trying to juggle and we've always got sort of so many plates spinning but we want to keep them all going to be as productive as, as possible um, I think with trade though, if you say weeks they will wait until like day 13 to and then do the work. They're like, oh, it has got to be, you know, they're moving in on Friday. So they think, oh, that's all right. Then we'll finish the job on Friday morning. Yeah. Like, 
like the mentality of the trades. Like it's okay because you said I've got two weeks, so I'll just do it on the last day that I've got. Yeah, and I think particularly because coming from sort of marketing, that's a lot more corporate where you think, well, if there's a problem, I'll just CC in your manager. And yeah, in, in, in the building world, that just doesn't like, work. No? Oh, you don't check those. Okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's always a learning curve. I said, when I first started out development, developing, I felt like, you know, I was probably 20% a developer and about the other 80% was a personal assistant for all of the various trades, just making sure everybody was where they said they're going to be, when they said they're going to be there, and that they've got the right stuff they needed to finish the job. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I, I feel like I'm a bit of a, like, a, I call myself the gopher. Like, yeah. I, I just help them do their jobs. So the cleaners did turn up the other day. So carpets needed to be fitted. So who's going to clean it? None of them. Like, yeah. in for a whole day, like ready, getting ready for the carpet. So I just do whatever needs doing, yeah. get the job done. And I think that's that's really important. Sometimes, sometimes people, you know, because a lot of people get into property as an aftermath of being successful in another field. So mm. potentially come into property with quite. I don't know if ego is the right word, but like, well, I've made money now, so I just want to go and make my money, make money. But, you know, people always ask me, oh, do I have a trade or did I, you know, where did I sort of start with? And even when I couldn't do anything, like I couldn't paint, like the other people could paint, I couldn't plaster, I couldn't tile, but I would just be on site. And whether that meant me being the laborer, me just literally, oh, the electrician is just cutting and leaving little offcuts everywhere. Let me just sweep after him because you have this void of, well, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. If somebody doesn't make it their problem, then it just can sort of spiral. I've bought myself my own little brush and dustpan, like, you just feel like you're just walking behind them. Just, 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 yeah, no worry. Just crack on because you have to think about at the end of the day, you're paying experts and specialists to do a specialist job. And I can't go and do the electrics. I can't go and do the plumbing. However, what I can do is make sure that you're as efficient as possible. And obviously, going forward, you know, you, you kind of want to systemize it to make sure that's not the case. But whilst you're still learning, like, it's a means to an end. You could sit there and complain and be like, right, that's it. You know, if it's not tidy, I'm docking this or I'm doing that or X, Y or Z. But the pra in a practical sense, how well that really works. And you kind of look at it. That we've got end goals that we just want the house finished or the project finished. So I think sometimes the means to an end. But definitely, I think sort of trying to detract slightly from the ego element is really important particularly when starting up <laughs> yeah and i think like there's a like a misconception as well that sort of property development is quite glamorous and stuff mm. and oh no i've been okay, confused yeah. for homeless <laughs> <laughs> all right because people might see you go on some nice holidays or you've mm. got a decent but jesus christ like that we do a lot to earn that yeah, like, you know? yeah i mean look like there's i would say Yours might be slightly different just because of the scale you started at. But every developer that I spoke to on their first project, they were using their personal car to carry, you know, the sand and cement. The last, oh, we just need three bags of sharp sand. Like, I'm going to go. Because if, by the time I let you go, come back with the team, you stop for coffee on the way there. That's four people that have left the job for half the day. <laughs> yeah, you just can't have it. Exactly. It's better me to go off and, and get yeah like bags of cement or whatever leave them there because at least they've actually got some kind of valuable skill they exactly. can be like and whereas I, me i'll go get the cement like just you stay here and yeah come you should stay there because you're not leaving I need, I need you to finish this i think let me see again for those that have questions if you use the um the question box 
we can get those up so everyone can try and get some value or at least see the question. Da, 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 da. What am I doing? You can't ask me questions. Okay. So, sorry, the first question was, what have you found to be the biggest learning curve um, during this project or since becoming the accidental female developer? Uh, um, money management. Like, that's what business is all about at the end of the day, isn't it? It's mm. managing. Cash, cash is king, cash flow. I get like anxiety, pound overdrawn, you know, like in my corporate days. <laughs> yeah. It's, it just goes out in six figures every month. It just, it's like, almost like a joke. Mm. Like, and even, I, you know, when I first started, I couldn't sleep at night thinking about all the costs that are going out. Luckily, three quarters of the way through the project now, you start, you know, you're into profit. Yeah. You know, you go here without any, any money in the bank. So yeah. you're in the minuses. So I'd say the money management and just getting over that initial fear of being in debt as well. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, you touched on two really important things there. Um, one being kind of the fear of debt, because there is a concept of good debt and, you know, cheap debt and that you've got to spend money to make money. But at the same time, I think, you know, planning is also, you know, like ridiculously imperative. So if you're in a fortunate situation where you can actually plan in advance and you can do your cash flow forecasting, so even if you're sitting day one with a million in the bank and you know that, okay, look, by month nine, this is going to be down to 100,000, at least you're not panicking because you're on track of what's supposed to happen. When you've got no idea of, you know, when you're supposed to spend money or how much at what stage and how much you need left to finish the project, it can be ridiculously scary because, for like you said, for potentially for up to two years, you're just seeing money come out, 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 out without, you know, thinking about, okay, when's this coming back in? <laughs> I know it is it's really scary time it was covid and then i remember like boris johnson announcing that nobody could move house or go and look at houses and i was like shit, shit. like yeah. i'm so like this is not good yeah um, but you know it's about okay but it could have gone either way it yeah. really could but i think that's that's also what it is a lot of mindset stuff is looking at you can only worry about stuff that you can have an impact on so if, you know, that you see sort of something from a national level to do with COVID or to do with anything like a change in legislation, you're not going to be able to reverse that legislation or change what the current COVID guidelines are, for example. So all you can really do is just, you know, keep going, kind of focus on your own bubble, almost internalize it and just be as prepared as possible for whatever may be coming. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I definitely change a mindset as well. Just, yeah, to totally changed my everything really my outlook on everything yeah no i mean every every time i mean i don't like obviously you, you, you told the story once for the people that were here early on but um it's just for everything that you you know you've gone through and overcome to remain so positive to to actually deal with it because i said i think you know 90 percent of people would have just said this is too much like i can't deal with this now it's just something else that you know i'm not in a place mentally to sort of take on. Um, but the fact that you did, I, I get that, you know, you said it was a great distraction, you know, because it gave you something to focus on. And also, I guess it's almost like, because it was something that they wanted to do. I'm sure that helped a lot because obviously you're fulfilling, you know, you're sort of that, the, the family goal of actually completing this project, which I'm sure must be, must be amazing as well for you. 
Yeah, it's nice to see. It is really nice to see. And obviously, like the, the family business, it's still got my dad's name, mm. you know, site that he put up there, you know, to start with. And it's nice to see that finished. I mean, I'm sure he probably wouldn't be happy with the way I've done it, like, because he was my dad. So he, he just wouldn't be with it. So, <laughs> mistakes, like he would have told me off so much for all the mistakes. But, you know, at the end of the day, we've got the same outcome. We've finished and, it. And, that, and that's it. Like, you know, I think as a entrepreneur as a property developer investor businesswoman whichever sort of box you want to put yourself into um i think you highlighted something i think it was in a recent post that you did or, or a conversation with Tej, and it was just like look 25 houses later 200 mistakes later but you know each of those mistakes are just are just a learning curve something that you'll either know that i will do or won't do again or somebody that you will or won't deal with or the way in which you know something that you're going to learn from and I think that's what's important for everybody that's on their journey as an entrepreneur or a property investor or a business owner, um, that, you know, there are going to be setbacks. Some are going to be massive, some are going to be tiny, but you have to take each of them as like a lesson to learn from and move forward with, as opposed to hold you back. Yeah, I just think, I think when people say like, what is your job as a property developer? What do you actually do every day? Or like, it's just problem solving, mm. whatever it may be, whether it's financial or whether yeah. it's or whether it's technical issues on the site it's just problem solving all day long yeah yeah no definitely is a lot there's a lot of firefighting and then but i guess that's when and i think i remember having a conversation with um the hard hat developers and they were saying one thing that they benefited from covid and a potential slowdown was actual almost like business sort of reconciliation so taking the time to step back and say, do you know what, let's slow down for a little while and let's actually plan going forward so that yeah. potentially, you know, going forward projects can run a little bit smoother. Obviously, we say everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face when you're fighting. I think that's exactly the same with property development. Everybody's got a plan until you start, you know, <laughs> digging your foundations and then, you know, all, all sorts of things come up. But definitely planning as much as possible is always beneficial. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I didn't get a chance to plan for this one. Like, it just got sort of, like, yeah. just on me. But next project, so well planned. That's what I I'd like to hear. So what, I mean, have you, have you, are you thinking about your next project at this stage? Or are you? That's the other thing with development, right? You've got to have stuff in the pipeline. Because I'm thinking, guys employed now. I've got kind of like one of each trade. So electrician, a plumber, carpenter you know, a couple of brickies. I'm thinking, okay, I, like, I can see now that comes to an end in six months. I need something. I don't want to lose them. I need something to move them on to, to mm -hmm. keep them. I think that's... Got a couple of other little smaller projects, but mm. still carry on with. But I think, yeah, that, that's super key as well, because people, you know, there's a popular phrase that gets thrown around, um, which is that dream team. Like, and whether that be your build team, whether that be your architecture, solicitors, just other um, property developers to help you bounce ideas off with. But once you find good people, you've got to nurture them and you've got to keep them busy. Because if you find, like you said, you're good brickies and you don't have any work for them, unfortunately, they're, gonna go, they're not just going to sit on their hands. They're going to have to go and find work and they have to make money because everybody does. So I think it is really that pipeline of making sure you've got ongoing projects um, is super important. Yeah, I think people forget about you as well. I think like people, forget, if you like took six months off, 12 mm. months off, soon like somebody else would come on the scene, like you'd soon get forgotten. Yeah. I feel like you're driving forward all the time with new projects. Yeah. 
And even even if they haven't forgotten about you, like they could quickly be tied up in a six month project and be like, look, I can't do anything for now. Um, mm -hmm. And you've only got, you know, you've only got a couple of months to start your new project that you've got in the pipeline. So I definitely think working on that pipeline and, you know, as much as we both mentioned a lot of property development is firefighting and dealing with the here and now, you do have to sometimes be able to take that step back and not just work like in the business where we're there with our, with our brush and actually realize, you know, what? as much as we're not as, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty good with a dustpan and brush, we're probably a lot better when it comes to more top level stuff of planning. And I think... I mean like that's ideally what you'd want to be doing all day yeah literally in, a, in an ideal world an ideal world <laughs> sounds fun um but yeah literally from a top level as a property developer you'd want to be doing you know you know deal appraisals site appraisals finding out what's next building out a pipeline potentially having a deal that's you know got planning already with something else that's potentially you're waiting on planning with something with an option so you've got all these different things that at any given point you've got something um, that you can quickly exercise and start with to keep yourself busy, to keep your money working just as hard. Because even if your, your team was like, look, we're happy and we're going to wait. If you end up finishing your project, cashing out and having that money sitting in a bank, if it's sitting in the bank for a year, you know, it's currently being eroded by inflation, interest rates are at an all time low. Um, and the value of your own money is going down as well. So I think, yeah, definitely planning for the future is, is, is key as well. Yeah, I mean, decision not to sell the last two houses on the site because I kind of spoke to the bank manager and I was like, "What's the point of once you're in profit, then what's the point of having that money in the bank? Mm -hmm. Might as well keep those two houses because they're going up in value and my money's going down." Mm -hmm. so that's what we made that decision not to actually sell the last few houses on the site. Yeah, no, that no, definitely makes sense. Makes sense. So what do you think, like what, what type of projects are you looking at for your next one or what, what are you sort of considering doing next? A um, bit different. So a couple of barns, mm -hmm. a couple of barns. Um, and then there's a, a separate site, but it's like a farmyard site. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like rustic, rural, kind of high spec um, country houses. So I feel like you might get to have more fun with those as well a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think like there's smaller sites like there's this it's five and two so it's manageable i'll be able to kind of put more time and attention into them like spec them out a bit and what i do i don't think you do this but what i do at the moment is the customers choose their own interior thing okay um, like sometimes they choose them and you're like oh no we've had like yellow carpets Ooh. carpets we've had blue bathroom like i just you know, sometimes you think you spend ages getting a house really nice. <laughs> and if somebody comes and puts in a blue bathroom with yellow carpets and it looks like bananas in pajamas. <laughs> they did, yeah, they did. <laughs> That's crazy. But I guess it's, again, everything is a USB. So the fact that you have properties that people can bespoke and they can choose their finish, they can basically choose their second fix means that, you know, also you're effectively selling off plan. So you've got, you know, these people that are buying in advance. You're kind of, in terms of cash flow, you're hoping to nurture your cash flow as well. Yeah, although, do you know what? It doesn't feel like that. I feel like if I hadn't have sold off plan, I'd be better off because prices have gone up, materials have gone up. The yeah. And we're like, you know, six months ago, nine months ago, 12 months ago. So I feel like now I've learned from that and hmm. they'll, but I, th I think everything is sort of almost like about um, 
Like at that point in time, we didn't know where the market was going to go. Like you said, we were at the beginning of Brexit. I think truly we haven't really seen the impact of Brexit because we don't really understand it as yet. Um, COVID kind of was ridiculously scary, still very scary in terms of the impacts. But, you know, at that point in time, it was the fear of the unknown. So I think a lot of what you did was really smart. And I would have done exactly the same thing because effectively it was risk mitigation at that point in time. It's like... The old saying, um, what is it? A bird in the hand is worth two in the sky. So yeah. you could have easily said, oh, I could get more, but who knows? And what if you couldn't? And then we're stuck with, you know, maybe all of the properties and you had to try and, you know, last minute you could have been forced almost to take semi sort of duress sales because you had to pay back a lender, for example. No, that's absolutely right. So like all these things, like these are all the decisions that, I, that were going around in my head at the time to make those decisions yeah i think you make the decision that's right at the time yeah. you know thing but yeah hindsight sounds great it's, it's great to sell that and say oh i could have let i think the longer you're in development the more you see like that you regret every house that you sold and you regret if you basically because of the way the market goes in an ideal world you would have kept everything because everything kept on going up in value and oh do you know what now in hindsight we could have got an extra two plots over here or an extra flat there or but the reality is it sounds great to say that okay i could have done i could have would have should have done all of this stuff but then that barn site that you just mentioned or the conversions those sites may not have happened as quickly and they may end up being way more profitable in terms of your return on investment. So I think you always just... Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, being able to turn it over quickly and move on to the next thing, like this, the, that as well. And obviously that's how the big house builders work. You know, they're just like, they're selling off plan left, right and centre. Mm-hmm. Quickly, they just want to move on to the next site and they, they're volume builders. It is because a lot of it is like, you know, we have to kind of that that we you touched on with um, when you spoke about um, pipeline is what the big home builders are looking at all the time is they're looking at their annualized return on investment or annualized return on capital employed because mm-hmm. it's, it's great to do something, you know, quickly. But if you're not in and out quickly and then end up with an extra six months. Although we both may have made the same money, if you made it, like if you took 50% longer, then you're 50% less efficient. And if you've got investors involved that potentially are shareholders, then, you know, they're not going to be as happy. So I think, yeah, definitely sometimes it's, it's just all about your attitude towards risk as well. Because some people would much rather take the risk and say, look, okay, you know what, I want to try and sell everything for maximum value. And it could work out perfectly or it could mm. go completely left. Yeah, and I... I know house builders as well, like around here, kind of the similar size that do that. Mm-hmm. Like massively sell it for like probably 50, between 50 and 100 grand, perhaps more than I would sell mm-hmm. these houses selling. But they take longer to sell. Mm-hmm. They take a while because they're waiting for somebody with more money to come along and appreciate that finish. I think it works well in like London and, you know, mm-hmm. the bigger city. I live quite rurally around here, kind of West Midlands. It's It's different we're getting a lot of money from south coming up mm-hmm. um 75 of the houses that i've built it's people it's money from down south people have downsized were they were they mostly owner occupiers or did you get many in, investors most no all as well i'd say kind of oh i don't want to insult anyone but like probably 60 and over okay uh, yeah older like selling their one bed two bed flats down south yeah 
find a four bed detached house for like between 350 um detached garage and like living that country life yeah nice i mean it's crazy even in even in like sort of south like even in london like you know there's, there's so many places in london where sort of zone even zone three and zone four you're still looking at you know half a million pounds for a two-bedroom flat so people are just going to sort of you know greater london the outskirts sort of around the m25 sort of way and they're picking up a detached house for the same thing um so you'll see a lot of people a lot of people doing that have a lot of conversations with people that are looking to downsize and are just looking at you know particularly with transport links becoming more efficient as well with your hs2s yeah. and your crossrails that it works for a lot of people a lot of my lot of my friends now they just work from home you know so as long as you've got make sure we put in the high speed broadband like yeah. the there's so many people working from home but then all the people that have bought these tend to be retired so they're yeah. not really <laughs> but, but it's, a, it's a balance though definitely the house market like is super buoyant because a lot of people were now whereas before they would take the trade-off because they had to go into the office so would pay an extra hundred thousand for a flat because it means they've got a half an hour commute rather than now and now they're working from home they would rather the free four bedroom house with the extra room to use as a home office spend more time at home so i think particularly as a developer or as anybody involved in the property space really understanding what your end user wants so potentially you know if you're looking at you know a site that someone's like oh you could get you know you could get maybe 20 flats versus eight houses kind of looking at what the trade-off is and you know who you think your actual end user or your own buyer is going to be and what they would want mm, no absolutely yeah and it is like very much dependent on the on the area that you're in like the area i'm in it's it's like it's very rural it's very quiet it does tend to be kind of either people moving back families moving back from the city they've had mm. they've gone family back and have a three four bed house or they're retiring and they want it they just that's low maintenance and you know ready to move into and quiet that's what they're looking for that's my market that is good i mean you're like i said you're sorry there's so i mean there's actually a few whilst whilst we've got you ask a few of the questions that um a couple of people have asked so sadie um in property has asked how did you um how did you find bal balancing motherhood with property development <laughs> well <laughs> when down in covid i actually was taking them on the site and like hiding them in like <laughs> good job health and safety exactly. good that we blocked them. we blocked them on instagram it's all right they're not yet <laughs> <laughs> having them in the site office with me and then if anyone important turned up i was like right somebody here you're gonna have to get out get in the car like i was like hiding them in the boot of the van and like hiding them in the car like just quiet <laughs> like that was a nightmare it's so much easier now the schools are open i'm so yeah. great but yeah it is it's it's difficult and they're not interested at all you know if you try and get them excited about property like oh do you want to come and see what i'm doing no how old are they now seven and ten okay okay i mean you'll see i'm sure you'll see like they get into that cusp of an age where it can be it could potentially be more but also because they've, they've grown up in it now they might have just got more used to it and they're just thinking oh that just means that's a time i can't kind of go and play whatever i wanted to play with so i've got to go down to the site again yeah that's it they hate it like no not the site again but it's and i mean that's that's it everything is a trade-off like as a meet as a means to an end because they're gonna super appreciate it in the coming years you know this is, hard work. Guys, this is like an opportunity for you to like be like do really well when you're older you can get into this you know you could work with me like 
you know, just no, not interested. They want to be you, has he? That's funny. Um, let me have a look at another question. So you kind of already answered that question from Abs, which was sort of what's next for you. Um, Abs has also asked, are you enjoying what you're doing? Do you know what? I absolutely love it. And it's funny because, like, when my dad was, was a, around and running the business, I used to say to him, oh, maybe I'll, like, come and join. Like, you're going to need somebody to take over this. Maybe I'll come and join you in the business. And he just went, it's not for you. Like, like it's just not a place for women on the building side. He, he goes, you'll hate it. Um, and I actually absolutely love it. I mean, saying that, neither time. <sighs> like, I'm feeling it. Like, I'm wearing, like, two pairs of trousers. It's, a, it's not. It's, a, it's it's long drawn season at the moment. Oh, it's it? so cold. My trainers, like health and safety, wouldn't like my trainers either. But do not cut it. Like sat boots are absolutely key because I've got bad circulation and my toes are freezing. But I think what's great as well about this is you know for a lot of people there is even for myself there's kind of a. Um, an established face of what a property developer looks like. And it could be like an older sort of white middle-aged man. So like, we know. Um, yeah. people having like us having these conversations, I think are really important because they're going to inspire, you know, a whole new breed of property developers and investors that are hopefully going to come and do way better than anything we've done and just come and, and come and smash it and do amazing things as well. <laughs> Definitely. Like I still have people turn up on site and they're like, Oh, excuse me. Love looking for the man in charge mm -hmm. i'm just like wow you're looking at him yeah yeah no absolutely that and i think but that's also a good feeling as well to just be able to just be like yeah it's me sorry <laughs> i said in my hand i'm like oh i, I don't know <laughs> just be on a wired off so i haven't seen him just go look around there yeah <laughs> see if he turns up no that's good that's good. Um, let me see. We've got a couple more questions, which were... Um, what are the most transferable skills from, like, your own sort of life or previous work that you think have helped you most in your property journey? Just, like, I think because I used to be marketing, it's definitely the project management side of it. Oh, yeah. Project management, it's just different... It's just different industry, but it's the same. It's like it's the same skill, project yeah. management. But that, yeah, yeah, spreadsheets and all that stuff. It's just trying the to pull, trying to tie everything together, like having so many moving parts, and just trying to keep them all working together. When I first started it, I was like, oh, I think like guys, what we're gonna do the trades? I was like, we're gonna all download these apps onto our phone, and then I'm gonna communicate to you like with a project. Oh, like with like like um, Trello or one of those sort. Of <laughs> monday.com i was like this is gonna be like honestly this will be live so yeah <laughs> yeah this will be great and they're looking at you like they literally probably know like kids like kicking each other under the table like is she yeah. having a laugh <laughs> but i'm still using it but they're not i have to either like whatsapp them text them call them depending on who it is you know yeah. what i mean or take an email exactly. or you know some people that are going to take an email some people that have never looked at their email it's literally just there if they want to send you an invoice or um... <laughs> Yeah, you want to send a group message, you can't because everyone's on something different. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a learning curve. And I think, look, in an ideal world, somebody's going to come up with a system that works at some point in time, but I'm yet to find them. Um, I'm sure on the 9th of December, we're going to hear yeah. Ted complaining a lot more because, you know, Ted seems to be the number one 
conflict resolution with builders. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed he gets anyone to work for him now. Listen, I'm surprised as well. But he's, he's got a way with words. He's a nice enough guy, you know. He's just, but you just need to understand the nuances of Sedge. Um, so for those that have enjoyed today's conversation, I think there are a few tickets still available if you te- check either um Tej Talks or James Shoter's Instagram. I know they've got the link in the bio to the event which is gonna be in London on the 9th of December. Have I got that right? I think it's the property event.co.uk. See look, star the property event.co.uk um to get a ticket for that event. Um this is also gonna be on you know, probably on, on the Amazon podcast slash Apple podcast. If you're just tuning in now and want to catch the full episode later on, you can do so. Um, for those that aren't watching us on Instagram and have caught this later, can you give us your exact socials so people can come and find you and give you a follow? Yeah, I'm at Accidental Female Developer on Instagram. Amazing. So I appreciate everybody that's um, joined us today. Hopefully everybody's got some value out of today's session. Charlotte, I appreciate you for coming on. Going to see you in person on the 9th. Um, Everybody have a happy Sunday and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Bye.